The fourth temperament is earth. The archetype and personality of earth. Are you a down-to-earth person? Grounded, concrete, committed. On the other hand, earth also has elements of being materialistic. Heaviness is the heaviest of the four elements. Melancholy, depression, laziness. So we will be discussing the Kabbalah of earth, the final and fourth part of the series of the four elements within you. How to maximize the unique strengths of this personality type and how to harness the challenging and the negative elements of it. Please join me. Hello everyone, Simon Jacobson here. This is the fourth and final part of the Four Elements series, Four Personality Types, Temperaments, within each one of us. This program is dedicated by Alice Harron in memory of Bernice Sapora Harron. So now we've arrived after discussing fire, water, air, to earth. And just as fire and water are like two poles that counter each other, the same is with air and earth. Earth is the heaviest of the four elements. So psychologically speaking, spiritually speaking, earth is the, the heaviest aspect of a personality. On one hand, its positive nature is its being grounded. Are you down to earth? The airy, breezy personality is someone more of a floater, more transcendent, a dreamer, often at the expense of not implementing, executing. What do they say? It's 1% the idea, the dream, the vision, and 99% execution. Earth, on the other hand, is the grounder, but it comes with its challenges as well. Sometimes you're too grounded. You're too practical. Too much concretization where you do need an element of the ethereal, of the air, of the breeze, of dreams, imagination, what is possible. So they are two forces that are meant to complement and interact with each other. Now, as I've explained, we all have all four temperaments the fiery passion, the calmness and nurturing water, the floaty breeziness and lightness of spirit of air, and the groundedness of earth. The question is, what's dominant? And above all, not just what you are, but what you're possible of being. Because the goal is to, to cultivate and nurture these different personality characteristics within us. 
to maximize them. Just like you're born with muscles and you're born with a brain, using them and exercising them is actually the key of actualizing their potential. The same thing is with your personality type. And on the other end, to look at some of the negative elements that could be an outgrowth of each of these archetypes and learn to harness it, to temper it, to channel it. And then we come away not just with four different characteristics, but we come away also with something that's a symbiosis, an integrated human being that is a combination of fire, water, air, and earth. So let's get into the earthy elements. We'll start with the positives, the groundedness. You see this in companies, you see this in relationships. A healthy relationship is always going to have a combination of some dreams, things that perhaps are beyond us, imagining spontaneity of air, but you also need the groundedness. Sometimes it's two spouses. One may be more the air type, one may be the earth type. When they work together, it's brilliant. They can clash because they have differences. But when they work together, that would be the optimal. The same thing is in a company. Even though I don't want to compare it to a personal relationship, but it's the same idea. You need the dreamer. You need the floater. But you also need the concretization. You need to bring it down to earth. To ground it. The best example of a, of a, a physical example where you see this in, in working so effectively and efficiently is a tree. Yes, the common tree. I don't know if a tree is common, but I mean to say, just look at a tree and study a tree. It's the only physical item that grows in two directions at once. The roots continue to dig deeper into the ground, serving as the foundation of the tree, as well as the source of its sustenance, moisture that the roots draw from the ground, and they will follow and look for that moisture. And then the tree grows upward branches off, depending what type of tree. Each one has its own personality. If it's a fruit tree, it will grow besides branches and leaves, also fruits. So on one hand, a tree has deep groundedness, a very strong concrete foundation. On the other hand, it expands. So which one of the two personalities is it? What would you call a tree, air or earth? The truth is it's a combination of both. It's grounded in the earth, very deeply grounded, and embedded and planted, but it also expands into the, to the sky. And they're interdependent. If the tree's roots would begin to rot or compromise in some way, it would not be able to grow upward as well. So you need the groundedness to create a strong, unwavering foundation upon which you now can build and expand and grow. In human terms, and the truth is all species, really. Our early years of our lives, our formative, impressionable years as children, are like building the roots. You're at home. Hopefully you have loving parents, a nurturing support system, things you can rely on, the security of knowing what bed you're sleeping in, who is there for you, not having to guess whether you are cared for and of course, the contrast is when one is lacking those type of roots, 
it affects a person for their entire lives. You have to have that nest. Roots include also extended family, grandparents. You know, you have ancestors, an extended family, cousins. So in the healthiest sense of it, those are the grounding roots that are the basis of a healthy, harmonious life. Often today we see that that is lacking, the earthy element that when, a family, when someone grows up, a child grows up in a broken home where the, fam, where the parents are not getting along or are split, absentee, I'm not even discussing more overt form, forms of abuse, it compromises the earth, the ground, beneath the child. And it's shaky. It affects the way we trust or don't trust, security and insecurity, the fears we develop, the neurosis, the feelings of inadequacy. When it's strongly in place, it's like a nest that the fledglings, the, 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 the newborns, feel they are protected, they are nurtured, they are fed, but not just physically fed, also fed with love. When a child is in its mother's womb, it's the ultimate element of being nurtured in that sense. Okay, now let's go the other direction. Growing upward. So as a child has that grounding, and that's in place, and obviously I'm discussing the best case scenario, that's in place. So now what you have is the ability for the child to explore. If a child has to constantly be looking whether I'm getting love, and what do I have to do to please someone, and I'm being criticized or undermined, invalidated, it undermines also the child's ability to just be that free abandon. So for the tree to grow and expand in different directions, branch out, is the development of a child, of a healthy child. Knowing it has its secure home, its secure hearth and roots, and now I can explore. I know I can always come back home, so to speak. Or the home is always there beneath me to hold me up. So there you see the other side developing. As a matter of fact, the air personality the spontaneity, the dreaming, the imagination, the floating, the transcendence, as well as the water and the fire, cannot truly be fully actualized and fully developed if you don't have the ground beneath you. But when it's there, then you can expand. You can explore possibilities. And you grow up with that confidence that no matter what comes your way, you know that I can explore. I have the confidence to try to take risks. I know I can find, because I have trust in my life, I have love in my life. When the demons are in control and you don't have that grounding security, it hampers our ability to move forward. It hampers the tree's ability to grow and expand. And even if it does grow, Physically, it is weak in its resolve. That's how important is that grounding element of having solid foundations that are unwavering. So I know it's a paradox. Unwavering, inflexible, firm foundation allows you to be the most flexible, expansive personality out there. Interdependent. And it's not a contradiction, because one allows 
and gives you the confidence, gives you the, the solidity, if that's the right word, and security to do whatever you think, whatever you feel is possible. It's a beautiful vision of life. All of us deserve it. And these are the two elements that are so important. Well, in this case, we're talking about the one element of earth, but the element that that allows the air to breathe, to grow, to expand, to flourish, to thrive. So that is one aspect of earth. In the Kabbalistic language and terminology, earth is therefore that what the Kabbalah calls the Malchut, the level of Malchut, which in the ten spheratic structure, in the structure of the ten spheres, is the bottom, the, the lowest part, which is compared to earth. Where do things grow? They don't grow in the sky, in the air. They don't grow in water alone. Water allows things to grow. And you have things growing in water, but where do they grow? Not in fire, they grow in the earth. So the heaviest element which is so much affected by the gravitational pull, because opposed to fire which rises and air which floats, and water, yes, is heavier than the other two, but still light and liquid and uh, fluid in relation to earth. Earth is so grounded in that sense, and yet at the same time that's where things grow. Because it, it creates the fertile ground, using that word intentionally, the fertile ground for things to grow. You need the other three elements for things to grow as well. You need the breathing, you need the air. Take away air, take away water, take away fire and warmth. It will also not allow growth to take hold. But it all happens within the earth. So that's the positive side of being down to earth. Now what about the other side of things? What happens if you only have earth? You only have the grounded element and very practical and everything is very calculated and solid, and you can trust it, it's unwavering, but you don't have the expansiveness, tell me, what would life be like? Besides the, boor- the boor- boredom and the monotony, which, is, which is, not, is not conducive to the human being, the spirit would be compromised, because our spirits are not earthy. Our spirits are actually transcendent. It's not enough to just live a life of survival, basically based on serving your needs. This is an interesting expression. I believe I used it in the first part with fire. Where they say that an animal does not see the heavens. Animals walk on all four and basically see the earth all the time. Because that is their role. That's their physiological makeup is consistent with their psychological and spiritual makeup. Their role is to serve a solid part of nature consistent, breeding, protecting their young, feeding, hunting when necessary, those that hunt. But in whatever form or fashion, that's their life. And that's why you don't see an animal looking, seeking to fly to the moon or what's going on on Mars or building better homes and habitats and technologies very different than the human being, who we walk upright. We see the skies. Not just physically, because also our spirits are, look up, transcendent. So the earth is vital, because one part of us, of course, we need to live. And to survive, you need to be on the ground. You can't live in the, in the skies. 
You need to feed, eat, drink, sleep, other physical needs. But what would we be like if we only had earth? We'd lack that transcendence. Whether it's in the form of romance and poetry and music, the form of dreaming, the form of spirituality or faith, anything that feeds that element that excites us. The earth is not necessarily an exciting place. It's a solid place. And necessary in the development of every human being. But you can't call it, that's that's not where adventure takes place. Yes, things grow there. And everything grows out of the earth, including the tree, including the human being. But it's the growth that's so important as well. So only earthiness, someone too earthy, can spill over into what we call being materialistic. Hedonistic, and when it goes even further, which can be very much very selfish, very much about me, 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 very much about indulgence in whatever it is that you are indulging in, lacking that breathing room that air brings into the picture, the possibilities we spoke about, the imagination, to have your head in the clouds, yes, with your feet firmly planted on the ground, but with your head in the clouds. So at times, even though down-to-earth is a good thing, at times it's not always necessary to be the only way that you define yourself. It's important also to have that flexibility. And that's the challenge in life, is to balancing the two. In characteristics, the earth, as stated in the Kabbalistic texts, I'll specifically state, even though I don't believe I said it in the previous parts of this uh, course, that there's a book called Sharek Dusha, The Gates of Holiness, from Rab Chaim Vital, the great student of the Holy Ari, the 15th, the 16th century revolutionary mystic, and it's cited at the end of chapter 1 in Tanya, the great Tanya, where he says and explains the different characteristic types, the different temperaments, sometimes in the negative form. So what does earth associate with? We spoke about fire can be anger, different pa- unhealthy passions. We spoke about water being indulgence in the pleasures of life. We spoke about Air, being idle talk, emptiness, vacuous behavior. And earth is associated with two things, melancholy and laziness. Slothfulness is sometimes the word that's used. Why? Because like earth, it's, it's not fluid, not expansive. What's the, the worst case scenario? That translates into a certain melancholy, melancholic attitude. Depressed, resigned, pessimistic. But you feel heavy. You ever feel heavy? And there are times you feel light. I can do anything. A certain lightness. We all have moments of each mood. But here, let's focus on this. Why? Because the groundedness, lacking the expansiveness, can become this heavy part of our personalities and lives, and it can turn into melancholy, which can become even worse, depression, anxiety. 
Or another form of it, as I said, slothfulness, which is probably interdependent. People are more depressed, are not motivated. So it's the unmotivated side of ourselves. As I said, we all go through moments of this. Some of us have more of it, some less. So what do we do with that? Well, at the same time, as I explained, earth also has its positives. So that's exactly what we do. We look at that. We don't try to eliminate the earth temperament within us. We harness it. So you can ask, how could you harness depression? How could you harness uh, uh, laziness? I'll tell you how. When you don't allow the depression to draw you down, to turn you to uh, demoralize you, the demoralization is the problem. So what does one do when they're in that type of place? Remember, people who are in that heavy spirit usually don't want to be with others. They're not motivated to do things. But when you turn it around, you can harness it and turn it into, you know what, an opportunity of introspection. Because when you're out there in that breezy mode, expansive, floating about, flying around, dreaming, that's not always conducive to accountability to soul-searching, to introspection. Think of it like in business. When there's a downturn in business, good business people don't just see it as a negative. They see it as a time for evaluation. Let's audit ourselves. Let's audit our business. There are times where the market is very open and things are growing, so there the focus is on growth and on development. But when things are somewhat slower, somewhat sluggish, which is yet another feature of earthiness, that's a time for introspection, stepping back and saying, let me look at my life. Where do you see laziness as being a positive? Not laziness per se, because what positive element is there to being lazy? But again, it's the sluggishness that allows you now, okay, you're not ready to go out and go to a party or some other way celebrate. So look inward. Look inward. And this too is connected to the groundedness. Being down to earth, one of, the, one of the aspects of that is that you, that you look closely at things. An accountant I know told me, a high-paid accountant, he says, they pay me top dollar not to listen to me. Because he says the boss of a company, boss of a business, doesn't want to always hear what mistakes they made that cost them millions of dollars. Especially those that have a lot of idealism. Idealism... In a way, when someone starts telling you, one second, the numbers don't add up, an idealist or an artist says, Stop, don't bother me with numbers. The numbers are the grounding element that allows things to thrive, to succeed. So the positive side of it is where you have that groundness. So when there's a, when there's a state of a somewhat sluggishness, you're in that mode. So maybe sit down with, a, I don't say a calculator, physical calculator, but, but assess, evaluate where you are in your life. Because the dreamer part is not going to really do that. Now, I'm not suggesting it's easy, because once a melancholic state of mind consumes us, especially on our, our emotions, it's not that easy to just say, okay, let me just turn it around. But there is a formula here. So here's what we have with Earth. It has its great strengths. We all need that grounded, rooted state of mind, being, it gives us the confidence, the security, the trust. But we also need that expansiveness. The negative sides of earth need to be addressed. And as we always know, 
Awarenesses have the cure. Just being aware of your own sluggishness, of your own earthiness, and some of its negative impact on us, that alone helps tremendously. Obviously, having good friends, having a mentor, having people you can speak to, helps you also counter those forces because the demoralization that comes from anxiety, from melancholy, from the earthy heaviness that can impact us is usually thrives when you're alone and isolated. You isolate yourself. So connecting with others is an excellent way of helping harness, helping channel the earthy part of yourself into positive elements. So there you have, my friends, four personality types, four archetypes, four temperaments, four humors. Each one has its own strengths, has its own challenges. We need to learn how to maximize their strengths, appreciate them. So take a paper, piece of paper and mark down, this will be the fourth Let's go the fourth page in your journal. Earth, the Kabbalah of Earth. One column. How are you doing in the areas, the positive elements of being down to earth? Grounded, accountability. Providing security to those around you. How are you doing in that area? Where you provided security. And market. You can say in the area, let's say, of trust, one out of ten, I'm at a six, with ten being the best. In the area of security, because I didn't get that much security, I don't give to others, a number three, let's say. I'm just using, throwing out examples. Get yourself a report card of the earthy part of yourself. You'll be surprised what you discover. So list all the positive things we've discussed about earth. As I said, the, the, the groundedness, the accountability, the, the trust, the security, the unwavering elements of it, the consistency. Then list the second column is the negative elements of earth. Being too materialistic, too hedonistic, too grounded. How much of melancholy of earth spills into your life? Depression. Anxiety, sluggishness, and laziness. And just mark that as well. And not just how strong it is, but also how often and how often it enters and seeps into your life. Because frequency is also important. And then in column three or on the bottom, you can write, what am I going to do? Based on, these, on, this, on this report card, this accountability, here are the things where I'm weakest in. I need to build that. Whether it's the positive, in, harness, in, in, in maximizing and actualizing the positive elements, seeing what needs more bolstering, more nourishment, more actualization. And the negative, what are you going to do about it? As I said, different ways that you can harness it. Just getting a picture like that, a snapshot of your psyche through the eyes of the temperaments, is alone a tremendous revelation. But of course the goal is action. And you'll be surprised. Once you begin the journey, it may sound daunting 
you know, we all say the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm, you know, I'm not in a place where I can really do new things. I'm a, become sluggish. I become I become uh, locked in my certain habits and routines. It's not the case. You have all the temperaments at your disposal that will help you grow. Bring in a good support system, friends that motivate, friends that are motivated themselves. Don't allow yourself to surround yourself with those that just reinforce your negative self-image or your sense of too late for me, I'm too old. That's not the case. Your spirit is always alive. doesn't matter how, how, what mood you're in. Even if you're in a state of earthy melancholy, it's alive, waiting for you to access it. Like a pilot flame. And when you have that confidence, like in any type of challenge, you enter with confidence, you fight the battle a lot more secure in knowing that you can achieve your goals. Actualize your great potential. It's time to sing our song. It's time to sing your song, your unique contribution, your unique skills of making your corner of the world a brighter place, a gentler place, a more loving place. So much of our time is consumed with fighting demons, with fighting darkness. We don't even realize how much. And it can be exhausting draining. It's time to begin to focus on the offense of what you have within you, the strengths you have within you. And that comes with that awareness that we're discussing. So here we conclude this four-part series, the four elements within you, fire, water, air, and earth. All of us have all four. Questions, what's dominant? what's recessive and how much can we do to actualize each of these different temperaments and make them work together and complement each other because the deeper you go into it the more you see how they're really all part of one larger picture you the beautiful majestic spirit that you are with the unique music and song that you need to sing to actualize yourself and to make us all richer and more powerful people ourselves, like that orchestra, the cosmic symphony. Each of us needs to play our songs, our music. We all are indispensable and necessary and at the same time need everyone else. So may you be blessed with the courage, with the strength, with the support to look into your own heart and soul and discover the best part of who you are. Actualize and become the best you can be. This is Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center, MeaningfulLife.com, where you can find a wide array of resources that help you do exactly that. That's what we provide and offer tools, resources, skills, methodologies to help you become the best you can be, to help you learn to serve a higher cause and to use your fire, water, air, and earth 
in the best possible way. Please don't hesitate to contact us, to share with friends, to comment. We thrive on that. We feel we are all partners in this. So please join us in this journey, this individual and collective journey of transforming our lives and this very earth, this very world, into a beautiful spiritual home, a garden, where people's uniqueness shine forth and all complement each other in one grand, beautiful cosmic symphony. Thank you very much. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.